Please don't talk about me when I'm gone Oh, honey, though our friendship ceases from now on And listen, if you can't say anything real nice It's better not to talk at all is my advice it is the Life of an Average Joe podcast, and guess what? I'm still Brandon Navera. So thank you very much for listening again, as always. And right now, I want to give a shout-out to my new sponsor, Oasis Brewing Company, right down in Austin, Texas, Oasis Brewing, which is perfect because if you've ever been to Austin, Texas, you know how the place is just filled with breweries and restaurants. But Oasis Brewery is a very beautiful location. I mean, you're talking just beautiful. And they've got some of the best beers that I've had. And I'm not just saying that because of my sponsor. The whole reason I met them is because I love their beer. And I met them years ago, and here they are now sponsoring me. And I'm very excited to bring them on. We're going to do a lot more from Oasis Brewery. Check them out online, Oasis Brewing. And check out their Meta Modern IPA. That is by far one of my favorites. They also do a Super Meta Modern, or I think they changed the name of it, but it's delicious. And I'm just happy and excited to have them on and to be part of the show. So thank you, thank you, thank you to Oasis. We're going to tell you more about them in the future, but I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. We're also going to be going down there, doing a little show from Oasis coming up here, uh, probably in uh, November maybe October. I don't know. Details soon. But uh, yeah, so Oasis Brewing, uh, that's been happening. And we are about to be streaming some live podcasts coming up in the next couple weeks on a new platform. We are still going to stay with every other platform that you listen to. So if you're a fan of Amazon Music, Spotify, or my great friends at Anchor, it's okay. You're not going to lose me. You're not going to get rid of me. I'm still here. But we got other stuff coming. So we're just moving along here. It's exciting. It's, it's exciting. Uh, I'm still riddled with allergies or some sort of sickness, so bear with me. <clears throat> um, I'm fighting it, guys. Guys, I, I'm telling you what. It, I was sick. Then I started off as allergies. Then I got really sick. Now I think it's allergies and sickness. I don't know. But here, listen to my nose. Oh, it's disgusting. But anyway, so my voice is still not back to normal, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, but I, I, the show must go on, and I'm not drinking whiskey tonight. I'm drinking Oasis, so there you go. Um, but right now I want to talk about something that's very special uh, on this episode. Obviously, if you can't tell uh, from the picture, from the music, whatever, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Chicago. I guess the music wouldn't give it away. Um, but we are going to be talking about a good friend of mine named Paulie, um, who I've known for so long and, and was such a huge impact on my life. I thought, you know what, I'm going to touch on, on, on a chapter of my life with my friend Paulie and the crew we ran with and some of my time in Chicago. Chicago was almost a second home for me, actually, believe it or not, before I came to Texas, it, I almost ended up in Chicago. There's a lot of people that still think I should have, but... We'll get into that. But I almost ended up in Chicago. It was a very, very close situation. 
Am I glad that I went to Texas? I mean, I've got my son. I don't think I would have had my son if I came to Texas. So, you know, and I mean, maybe, but no. So, of course I'm glad. Um, but we'll get into that later. But because of where I lived and what I did back in Michigan and Detroit, working in the nightclubs, having those connections, DJing with electronic music, Chicago is the natural progression. From where I was staying roughly, I'll say four hours, but you can get to Chicago in like three hours, 45 minutes with no traffic and a little bit of luck and speeding. And I have done it. Matter of fact, the last time I was in Chicago almost four years ago, uh, we got from Chicago, downtown Chicago, to my parents' house in three hours, 35 minutes. So uh, four hours is, is what they say, but three hours and a half can be done. And I had a lot of connection, connections in Chicago because of my club days and because of just friends that you meet at um, the bars, restaurants, um, social media, DJing, and all that. Social media back then consisted of MySpace, and that was about it. Uh, but I met a lot of people on MySpace because we had similar interests. So I would go to Chicago a lot. There would be days that I would just be like, you know what, I'm going to get up and go to Chicago. I remember one day I woke up <clears throat> and it was a Saturday morning and I had a craving for pizza. My buddy Stuart Sachs will appreciate this. And I had a craving for pizza and it was like nine o'clock in the morning. And I said, I'm going to drive to Chicago. By myself, by myself, I drove to Chicago. I went, and I, did, I don't remember where I got pizza at, but I went uh, to get pizza, Chicago pizza. Obviously, I was taking some back. I had a couple beers. I think I had a Chicago dog, too. And then I bought, I don't know what I did. I went and checked out some stuff. I think I talked to a couple buddies. And I didn't stay. I couldn't stay. I had something to do the next day early. So even if I stayed the night, I'd have to get up super early to leave. So I just turned around and left. I literally went, I mean, that's what I would do. I, and sometimes me and my buddy would do that. Sometimes I would go for a day and come back four days later. Sometimes I go for a day, come back three weeks later. You know, it just depends. It depends what was going on. And my boss, when I was working at the nightclub, he had a club in Chicago. Actually, it was called Excalibur. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's called Excalibur anymore. Um, and maybe, maybe I can look that up when I feel like it one day. But it was in an old castle. I mean, it really was. It essentially looked like an old castle. I don't think it's called Excalibur anymore. Matter of fact, I know it's not. I think it's called Vision. Or it was called Vision, last I heard. And um, it used to be diagonal, or it was across the street from the Hard Rock Cafe in Chicago, which, by the way, sucks. Um, but <clears throat> I went to uh, Vision a lot to help him work, promote. I DJed there, things like that. And I almost, when life changed and the nightclub was coming to an end, I almost went to Chicago to work at that club. That's what my destiny was going to be, or my destination was going to be before... I came to Texas, but here I am. But during that time, I met a lot of people. And one of the people I met, one of the people that I, that I got to know, and he was part of the family. Matter of fact, I used to tell everybody, he's just, you know, he's, he's, he's a friend of the families, was my buddy, Paulie. Now, Paulie, now I'm 43 now, okay? At the time, late 20s, mid 20s, 
through my, you know, early 20s, 19, that's when I met Pauly. And I met Pauly through a mutual friend. We found out that we had a connection and one thing led to another and, and, and all that. Um, and the friend that we had was this girl by the name of Gina. Um, and maybe one day we'll talk about her. But um, that's how I met Pauly, okay? Pauly was <laughs> 100% Sicilian, okay? Now, if you think, uh, a lot of my people that, that before they would meet Pauly, they would automatically picture Pauly Walnuts from The Sopranos. I can tell you right now, he did not look like Pauly Walnuts from The Sopranos. But he was a little bit taller than me. I mean, he was taller than me. And he was an older dude, pretty good shape, but he was, he was older. Um, he was probably 15 years older than me, I would say, give or take. And um, just looking at the timeline of when I met him and all that. But Paulie knew, knew everybody in Chicago, and he lived in Little Italy in Chicago. Now, if you think about Little Italy, you know, you think about Little Italy in New York, what's it's a couple streets, but Little Italy in Chicago is is not a huge neighborhood. It's actually shockingly uh one of the safer neighborhoods uh in Chicago. It's it's actually 81% safer than most of the neighborhoods in Chicago. Shocker. Um there's a reason why. I don't know what just beeped at me, but um there's a reason why. And uh it's it's not a huge neighborhood, but it is a great neighborhood. Um, if you're not familiar with Chicago, then look up Little Italy. I always suggest that that people look up Little Italy and find out, you know, exactly where it is and and all that. But there's it's a it's right by the medical district. It's right by uh, Taylor Street. It's right by I think it's by University of Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's right by there. Uh, Two ninety. Um, there's some great, uh, Roosevelt, some great spots in Little Italy, okay? Um, Taylor Street is the big one, obviously. But tons of bakeries, tons of restaurants, tons of bars, tons of, uh, you know, uh, just shopping. And, and, and it's a real part of Chicago. You don't feel like it's the tourist part. And it's away, it's far enough away from Lakeshore Drive to where I looked at that as I would definitely live there. First off, to live in Little Italy is pretty much my dream and my retirement. In some fashion, throw me in Little Italy somewhere. I just want to walk out and sit on my stoop. I want to drink a cappuccino. I want to know the guy down the street. And I want to yell a kid to stop playing in front of my stoop. That's what I want to do if I can't have a yard. So when I went to Little Italy and hung out at Pauly's, who lived there, and had a nice little house, and it was a it's a Chicago style city house. So you know you have to understand that the way those houses are, they're old. They were you know it was, it was, I, I say it's thin looking, um, and he had been there forever. Matter of fact, he had lived in Chicago his entire life. Um, well, I don't know if that's entirely true. I think he went to Florida for a little bit and then came back to Chicago. Um, but that's what he did, and he inherited a bar. And it was called Paulie's. It was first called Paulie's Place, and then he just dropped the place. And the only reason he dropped the place was because it got so worn down on the sign that he just said, I'm not doing it, I'm just going to call it Paulie's. It was Paulie's. And it was your neighborhood bar, your neighborhood pub, your neighborhood tavern. You walked in, uh, chances are 
uh, if I walked in on a Thursday and walked back in on a Friday and a Saturday, I'm going to see 70% of the same people there. It wasn't a tourist spot. It was a neighborhood spot. Even when it was slow, there were people there. And he had a small kitchen. He would grill in the back. Uh, it was great. And he, you know, and sometimes he'd just cater in. They'd have poker nights. Um, it was great. He didn't do live music. He had a jukebox. Um, I think he did live music once. I think on New Year's Eve he did. I don't remember. Um, it, but it was great. And there was no problems at that bar. This was a bar that they may look at you when you walk in if you don't belong there. But they're not going to kick you out. And by the time you're done drinking there, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to have a drink and leave and never come back. Or you're going to end up saying you're only going to stay for one. Or you're going to shut that place. It's going to turn into shutting that place down and that's your new spot. Because that's how it was. Everybody there knew somebody. It was like Cheers meets some of the bars I worked at. You know, I picture, picture if you ever seen that movie, The Bron- A Bronx Tale, with Chaz, Palm- Chaz Palminteri, Robert De Niro, um, and they walk into that bar. They have that bar, and it's small, and those bikers come in. They try to wreck the place up. It's like that. It, you know, low ceilings at times, but Paulie took care of it. I mean, it was not some dirty, he cleaned it. He took care of it. I'm not saying it didn't get dirty, trust me. Uh, but you'd have the local, the local uh, beat cops walk in. Um, Because, you know, they still had beat cops who were walking the streets, you know. And that was great because you knew them. So they come in, grab a sandwich, grab a cup of coffee. He always had coffee on for the police. Always. It didn't matter what time it was. And if the pot sat too long, he'd dump it out. He was constantly making coffee. And he had a phenomenal cappuccino machine there. That's probably worth more than the building. So we'd go hang out there. And he could literally drive home if he wanted to. Of course, he could drive home. He could drive a couple blocks and get home, or he'd walk. A lot of times, Paulie would walk. He liked to walk home. He liked to see the guys in the neighborhood. He liked to talk to the ladies in the neighborhood. He liked to check in on the neighborhood. That was Paulie. And I followed in his footsteps there. Every time I was there, I was his guy, his right-hand dude. We were buddies. We'd hang out. We'd go to the city, but a lot of times when I would go specifically, unless I had something to do in this, like, downtown, like I had to work a club or I brought my girlfriend or something like that, I was in Little Italy. That's what we did. we just hang out. I didn't need to go see tourist stuff. I was with my people. And we had, he, he lived by two guys. One guy's name was Big John. One guy's name was Big Mike. Now, Big John had, and he was Big John for a reason. He had a wife and two kids. I stayed at Big John's place sometimes. I just crash at Big John's, you know, and, and, and I know his kids. I take his kids out. I would take his kids out on the street and we just go hang out. We go get an Italian lemonade, not Italian ice. There's an Italian lemonade place there. Oh my God. I don't even like lemonade and I want to drink it. It's so refreshing, but I'd go to his kids softball games at the park and we'd play. Now, then there was Big Mike. Now, Big Mike was the security. Big John worked with Pauly. Big John, what started off with Big John was, Big John was in, um, I like carding, like 
So he would drive trucks. You know, he was a truck driver, uh, it, it, to put it simple. But he was more than that. Um, he specifically would drive things to and from the, uh, <clears throat> like the railroad and the, the cargo, uh, cargo areas and all that, um, to the docks sometimes back and forth. And that's how Paulie met him. Because Paulie used to do a lot, used to have a lot of business um, in, the, in, the, in the warehouses. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. And uh, that's how he met him. Well, then eventually he took him under his wing. Paulie didn't want to be working the bars all the time. So Big John was like the manager and bartender there. And they had another old guy named Sale. Uh, I think he was Sale. Yes, yeah, Sale. And he worked the bar. And then there was a couple girls. It's not a big place, but Paulie was the type of guy to take care of everybody. So when I would go there, Paulie would be like, hey, we got chicken at the bar, but Big John's got it. And that was it. Paulie's like, I'm not working. Sometimes we go just drink at the bar. Sometimes we would, you know, whatever. Um, Big Mike was his security. Because that's what Big Mike did. Now, if you knew Big Mike, no problem. If you didn't know Big Mike, he's a super polite guy. No kids, no wife. Maybe a girlfriend, occasionally. He was all business. But if you acted up, he didn't have to get rough with you. He'd just look at you and you'd be out the door. He didn't have to get rough with you unless you tried. And if you tried, it was not a good idea. Number one, you're in a neighborhood bar. Everybody knows everybody. So chances are you're outnumbered. Number two, even if, even if you were in the right, you're going to be in the wrong. Number three, he's huge. Number four, he's old school. So, and that's an old school neighborhood. So even if the police happen to show up, chances are they're going to side with the neighborhood. That's just how it was. Now, again, I haven't been there in years, so maybe it's changed, but I doubt it. But, but Big Mike was a great guy and he was funny. He was very quiet and funny. So, you know, getting back to Pauly though, Pauly surrounded himself with a lot of people that he trusted which is really what we should all do in life. But he, they were his family because he didn't have any family. His mom and dad were dead. Um, he wasn't dating anybody. He hadn't in a long time since his wife died. Long time ago, tragic accident. He had no kids. He had some friends or quote unquote family in Florida, but this was his family. And that's why he lived it and, and just breathed that area, breathed that area. So I would go there <laughs> and Paulie would take care of me. I'd stay in his house. And he didn't care what I'd do. If I do. Paulie, I got to go for a couple of days. I'm going to go uh, overnight. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm meeting up with some people downtown. I'll be back tomorrow. Okay, cool. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, he was older than me, but he didn't care. You know, bring him back here if you want. It doesn't matter. Hey, Paulie, I'm coming up. And I told my girlfriend, you know, I'd call him. Hey, Paulie, I'm coming up. I'm, I, I, I'm, we're going to Chicago, but I brought, told my girlfriend I'd show around. Yeah, that's great. That's fine. You come stay here, though, when you're done. And I would, and, and I did, and it was great. Um, and it was just a family. It was like nothing ever left. Nothing ever changed. Uh, I remember one time he called me up. He was so excited. Brandon, 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 I got to talk to you. Got to talk to you. Gotta, please call me back. Not a lot of text messaging with Paulie, and this was also back in the day uh, pre-iPhone, maybe the first iPhone, <clears throat> excuse me, probably, yeah, the iPhone, maybe, but, um, 
again, he was not a, a texting guy. He was a call guy. So he'd call you and leave a message, you know, and, and, and I always listen to his message. Brandon, call me back. It's urgent. So I called him back. I need you to come to Chicago. I, I'm buying these tickets to this event. I want you to come. We got to go. What event is it? You just got, just tell me you can make it. I'm like, well, what day is it? And just come on. It's, it's going to be two weeks from now. I'm like, geez, okay, is it on a weekend? Yeah, it's on a Friday. Uh, Paulie, I got to work. I'm not going to get, you could come right after work. You're not, you're going to be fine. Leave work early. Screw it. I, okay. Go there, do your thing. You know, okay, fine. He doesn't tell me what the event is, but I, I you know, if, if he's excited. Well, so finally Thursday, hey, did you want to know where you're going? I, yeah, that'd be nice. I'd like to know what, a, what to wear. Is this an event at the bar? No, no, no. You need to wear something nice. So 24 hours before I got to head down there, you want me to wear something nice. What, what am I wearing that's so nice? You got to wear a suit. Ah, oh, jeez. Okay, okay. Like a nice suit. Not a club suit. A nice suit. Like, like me wearing my club suit isn't nice, but okay. Well, found out he was going to the Rudy Giuliani dinner. <laughs> Because at the time, Rudy Giuliani was running for president, or about to. Now, I know there's a lot of stuff with Rudy Giuliani right now. I get it. And, and you know what? Maybe back then, he was still the same guy, sure. But whatever happened you know, with New York and 9-11 and Rudy Giuliani, in my opinion, I was a fan of Rudy Giuliani. I don't feel that way now because I think he's... I'm just... I'm blown away that he's... Yeah, whatever. I don't want to get into that. But at the time, I said, okay, Polly, you want to go? Yeah, we're going to go meet Rudy Giuliani. He's going to be our next president. Polly, I don't even know if he's officially, oh, he's running. Why do you think he's doing this fundraising thing or this, 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 whatever, this donation thing? He's running. We're sitting at the table. Are we sitting with Rudy Giuliani? No, we're not sitting. I can't afford those. But we get to meet him and get a picture with him. He's going to be the next president. Paulie, yeah, I didn't know you were so passionate about Rudy Giuliani. We got to get an Italian in office. If the Irish could have Kennedy, we can have Giuliani. Okay, fair enough. I couldn't argue with his logic. I was like, yeah, that sound, that makes sense. Okay. Now, obviously, you know the outcome. Giuliani dropped. He didn't win. But we went to this place, downtown Chicago. Oh, my God. I found out how much Paulie paid for these tickets three months later. Because I Googled and tried, or, you know, tried to look up how much, and there were so many levels I didn't know. And I, I saw the picture, but we were really close to Giuliani at this table. And we got to meet him, get our pictures taken with him, and then they gave us a picture and he autographed it. I still have that. And I still have the pictures of me, Paulie, and Rudy Giuliani. We got one of all three of us together, and then individuals. I got like three pictures of Giuliani. I'll post them on uh, Instagram, Life of an Average Joe Podcast. Um... But he paid $600 a ticket. Now, that might not seem like a lot. Here's why it's not a lot. Because the people that worked there got a discount on tickets. Paulie knew somebody who worked at this venue, so they weren't 1000 they were 600 He was going to pay $1,000. He paid $1,200 for me and him to go eat dinner, and it was good, and get a picture taken with Giuliani who never ended up becoming president. <laughs> but he looked at Giuliani and he says, Rudy. He doesn't say Mr. Giuliani. I'm like, Rudy. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, you know, Rudy's used to it. You know, you got, you got, to, you got to get back in the, you got to get in the White House. 
You got to do it. We got to get an Italian in office. We could do a lot of things. So make sure that happens. That's what he tells them. Make sure that happens. <laughs> the whole night though, I got I to gotta tell you, I can picture Paulie's face I, right now. I can envision it. He's just smiling. He was so happy. He was excited. He, uh, he had that picture framed sitting on a mantle in his office. No, he took it to the bar. It was hanging up on the bar, above the bar. I remember that. He had it framed, and then later I saw it hanging at the bar because he wanted to show everybody. And he was so proud of the bar because that was a piece of his family, you know. He's just, and even when Giuliani didn't win and didn't run, run anymore, he dropped out, he said, it's okay, he's got things going on, but he'll be back in the White House. I mean, I guess technically he was back in the White House, so, you know, I, I guess Paulie was right. But... Uh, we, uh, we used to do a lot of other stuff. He had a lot of connections with, um, you know, when you work warehousing and stuff, there's, there's damage. There's a lot of things that fall off the back of the truck. Things break, you know, and, uh, he would always, I need to go shopping before Christmas or outfit myself. And I'd go and, um, we would go to a place that I won't say where, and they would literally have cargo shipping containers open with boxes and we'd go in there and just grab what we wanted. I can tell you right now that members of my family got stuff for Christmas, name brand stuff. Armani, I don't think I gave them Armani. I think I kept it, but Gucci, Guess, things like that. Um, Not knockoffs either, you know. Oh, you need a new leather jacket? Here you go. You need a hoodie? I got you. And we would do that. You'd take my girlfriends there. Um, I say girlfriends because there were, there were two that, that met him. That was a complicated story, but um, one in particular he really liked, which I get it. Actually, he liked both of them. One in particular, anyway. We'll talk about that another day, but, um, and he, we would just go shopping. Oh, Brandon, you, get, you know what? I got to take you shopping. That's what he said. I got to take you shopping. Okay. A lot of new stuff came in, and, and look, it's just damaged. It's just broke. The box broke. I don't know what happened. And we'd go. And we did that for years. I mean, socks, watches, uh, wallets, purses, uh, dress pants, shoes. Oh, my God, shoes. I think I got my mom a purse for Christmas for like three years in a row. I swear. And I think I got my sister or something. I know I got my sister a purse um, and shirts and clothes. My dad. uh, I got my dad some stuff, I think. Mostly the girls, though. Um, I got my dad a few things, not that I was trying to to rule him out, but, um, you know, I knew the girls would love that stuff and they didn't even care, you know, they didn't care where I got it. I didn't tell them where I got it, but, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff, man. And and that's what we did. I mean, this was the type of guy Paulie was, but I know that he was also a lot like me at times because he was lonely and, you know, I'll talk about this in in another episode, but. I had times in my life where, although nobody would probably ever know, I was very, I was lonely, you know, and um, lonely in the sense that I felt like I wasn't connecting to anybody. Part of that was my fault. 
part of that was just whatever life. And, and again, I'll talk about that. I've got another episode. Where I'm going to talk about some of those moments, but he, I know he was because when he spent all his time around the bar and he spent all his time with his people and they all had things to do, you know, big John had kids, you know, and the bar guests, you know, the regulars, I mean, they had to go home. They probably wouldn't care if they did, but they did have to go home. We'd have wives calling saying, Hey, is Sal down there? Is Tony down there? Is, 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 is Anthony down there? Get him home, you know? Um, and he'd have to shut down and he'd go home and make himself something to eat, watch a little TV, go to bed, go for a walk in the morning, drink his cappuccino, you know, at night, drink some coffee and go to the bar and do it again. And, and he did stuff. Paulie was not one of those guys that just worked. He would go to the, to the games. He would go to baseball games. He'd go to football games. You know, he stuck around the neighborhood, but he did do stuff. You know, he'd go watch little John's, uh, little John, big John's son play softball. I mean, he did stuff. So it wasn't like he just, even though he stuck around the neighborhood, they have no problem going to a game and he would go to other bars too. And he drank not a lot, but he would drink. I mean, there were times we drank a lot. Um, but I know that he was lonely. So eventually he met someone and I knew he met someone and it was an older woman. It was like the aunt of a friend, you know what I mean? Like something like that. And she was staying in the neighborhood and she was living in this house. Um, because she was, I don't know what happened. She had retired and, you know, she was staying with the friend and I don't know exactly because he was very quiet about it, but I would call him and he'd be like, he'd call me back and be like, Hey, you know, I'm just out to dinner right now. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call tomorrow. But he never tell me where he's out to dinner with. Otherwise, if it was the guys, he'd be like, Oh, Hey, let me, why don't you talk to big Mike? Why don't you talk to big John? You know, he wouldn't tell me. And I was like, all right, he's out to dinner. And I, you know, could have been a business meeting or something. I don't ask questions. That's just what we do, you know? All right, call me tomorrow. And he called me tomorrow. Hey, how was dinner, man? Oh, it was good. We went here. Okay, cool. If that's all you want to give me, I'm not going to push. I'll talk to you later. But then I noticed like, well, hey, man, uh, when are you coming back to Chicago? You know, when are you coming back? Because there was a time there where I had too much going on and I couldn't get back. I'm going to come back in a couple weeks. All right, hey, can you stay for a, a little while? Can you make it more than just a weekend? Yeah, like how long? I Like five days. Sure. Why not? Cool. I really want to just go do some stuff. It's beautiful weather. Summer's approaching. Maybe we can go to the beach. Because in Chicago, they've got a nice beach downtown. Uh, yes, a beach. I know it's crazy. But there is one. It's better than most of them in Texas. Although that's not entirely true because I have seen some good, cool beaches at state parks lately. So... I don't want to knock it too bad, but it is kind of being, it is cool looking at the beach and looking at all the, the big buildings and skyscrapers and all that. And I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? Well, he introduced me to his girlfriend and he didn't say it. You know, his special lady friend. And I was like, there it is. And that night I remember she went on her way, you know, he, he walked her to the car she went on her way and he came back inside and, and I was, the way the house was, it, it had a back, you know, you had a little back stoop 
and you kind of had a little piece of grass and, and not much. And there was an alleyway and all that. And, but I would sit in the back sometimes and talk on the phone or, you know, whatever. And he, I'm sitting back there and I think I was probably drinking a beer at the time or something. And he looks at me and I was like, so, and he's like, I don't want to hear any shit, Brandon. Yes, I swore. And I was like, what? I, I don't, I, what, what, what am I going to say? And I just remember, and he, he told me, he's like, man, this is the first time that I've really enjoyed being out with a, with a woman and a lady and, and having a good time. And he was so happy. And it makes me happy right now just to think about that. Um, and it, they, they, she was cool. She was super nice. She understood. She was Italian. So she got it. She got Paulie. She wasn't trying to change this guy. Plus, you're not going to change him anyway. She just understood him. She fit in. And everybody embraced her. And she just became part of the fam. And they were going out together. Next thing I knew, they were going on vacation together. Well, Paulie, I was coming to Chicago. Yeah, you can come, but I think you're going to have to stay at a hotel or Big John's. Or I guess I'll give you the keys. I just ended up staying at Big John's. They were on vacation together. And I'm like, my man, I was so happy for him because I knew that he was a lonely guy. I remember telling him, you know, that I was happy for him. And how proud I was of him for getting back out there because I know it's not, it wasn't easy. No matter how long ago it was, I know it's not easy. And it's not easy for anybody, you know? And he was just happy. It just, he had a different look around him. So he came back from vacation and he's like, you know, I've been thinking <clears throat> we might be moving to Florida. I remember it was me, Big John, Big Mike, Sal. Paulie, there's a couple other people there that I can't remember. And the bar's closed and we're just sitting down. I'm drinking whiskey. Paulie's drinking some wine. Big John didn't drink really much. Mike, God knows, he could, he's like Andre the Giant. He could drink anything and nobody would know if he was drunk or not. And we all look at him like, what? You're going to leave? And he's like, I think in the winter, yeah. So Big John... We got to figure some things out. Brandon, we got to figure some things out. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I just want to enjoy my life. And the idea of going to Florida, I've got some friends there. She's got some friends there, you know, family friends. We could go for the winter and then just come back here in the summertime. What are you going to do about your house, Paulie? Well, sell it. I was like, Paulie. And he's like, rent it out. I'll work it out. You know, I haven't thought that far yet, but we got to talk. I was happy for him. Look, this guy, this guy deserved it, okay? And the reason I'm giving you guys all these details and or these stories is because it's important to, to show you the character of, of who he is, of, of what I was doing, where I was in that moment of my life and it's all going somewhere, so bear with me. Well, I remember talking to him, and he had an idea that I could run the bar while he was gone, and he'd pay me, obviously, and I could stay in his house. Now, that wasn't going to really work a lot because I had my own place, girlfriend at the time and all that. She could come too, obviously, he said, no problem. I said, okay. Okay. 
But I said, well, well, Paulie, you know, Big John's closer. You know, he could check on your house. I can check on your house when I come. But he's already running the bar. He's going to have to run it. I can't just leave for five months and, and whatever. And he's like, yeah, okay. He's like, that's fair. He's like, but I do want you to still make your appearances. And, and I did. I did it not just because I wanted to have fun in Chicago, but because at his request, I checked in. And I always talked to Big John and all those guys. I'd call him. Big Mike didn't talk on the phone very much. Sal definitely didn't talk on the phone. Sometimes I call the bar phone just to whatever. So while Paulie's in Florida, I'm going back and forth. And, and I remember I was in Kentucky. I was in Louisville, Kentucky. And we went to where they make all the baseball bats. And you could pick your own bat and get it engraved. And I got the two black bats. They're black. They're so beautiful looking. And I got one of them engraved that said Paulie's. And one of them that said Nevera. And we were going to obviously put Paulie's up at the bar and Nevera I just wanted to put up somewhere. I'm going to give it to my son one day um, just for cool you know, purposes. I still have it. I mean, I, I, I have it obviously because it's a great bat. And I mean, I don't know when I'm going to go down. Plus, that's, that's a really cool thing to go watch them make those bats. Oh, it's awesome. That was a really cool place. But anywho... So I got that for Polly. So when I came back from Louisville, I went to Chicago and I put it up at the bar. Well, he was coming back and he saw it and he loved it. So he's like, man, I want you to put yours up here too. So I put mine up. So for the longest time, it would say Polly's in Nevera. Well, what was happening was he was setting the stage because he was getting ready to tell us that he was going to just move to Florida for good. Doesn't mean that he wasn't going to come back to Chicago, because he would, but he wanted to just settle down and change up the last, you know, however many years of his life and just enjoy it. And he wanted me to take over the bar. And Big John would be my, my, my number two. And he had already talked to Big John about it. And he was paying Big John very good. Very good money um, for the little bar that it was. So when that conversation took place, I looked at him and I said, wow, well, Paulie, obviously that day's not here yet, but that might be something I will do. Because things were getting rocky back in Michigan with the clubs and life. And I was like, you know what? Here's an opportunity to start over and do good, and I'm, I'm comfortable there. It's it's close to home, but far away. It's a city I love that I've been in love with for a long time, and why not? Shortly after, and, and I remember the conversation. I remember weeks had gone by, and I knew Paulie was going to move fast because the one thing about Paulie, he gets an idea, he'll plan it out, and then he'll execute it. It's not going to be this long-term situation. He's just going to handle it. Uh, Paulie had a heart attack and died. <laughs> and I remember getting the phone call. I was in Milford, 
driving home, driving back to my place. You know, for just a little town. And I pulled over into the Speedway gas station. And I got the phone call from Big John. That, uh, that Paulie passed away. He had a heart attack. It, it, he didn't show up to the bar and they found him in his house. And Paulie was that kind of healthy guy. I immediately grabbed a bag and went to Chicago. And it was a mess. And I don't know. I think I was there for a week. And we were celebrating Paulie. Talking about the times that we were closing down the bar and we shut the bar down and we kept one light on at the table and had a couple drinks and then we just started talking we put some music on and him and I just really got deep in the bar together you know having great conversations after the bar closed down and two people tried to break in while we were there we were I was reminiscing that story at his funeral telling the story how two people tried to break in and we snuck around the back and Paulie didn't say, hey, he cracked him in the head with this piece of wood. Just cracked him. Boom. And you could tell they weren't from the neighborhood. There were some young punk kids. I mean, not young punk kids. They were, they were old enough to know better. They weren't like teenagers. But he cracked him in the head. And I remember I went after the other guy and that guy ran so fast. And then the cops, we called the cops and boom, they were there. They arrested him. And the kid, I say kid, the guy was saying, he hit me, I'm bleeding. He's like, well, we don't know what happened, sir. And they just arrested him. <laughs> but Paulie didn't say, hey, stop. He just grabbed a piece, the quickest thing he could find. And it was this piece of wood. I don't know if it was like a piece of a two by four. It looked like a piece of a railing. And he just cracked him in the head. I'll never forget that. Funniest thing. And I went to grab the dude, the other dude, and he was gone. Um, but I, I remember that and I'm telling that story at the funeral and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, he's gone. Paulie's gone. Before I left, Big John said, you know, Paulie wanted you here. I think you should have, I think you should be here. I want you here. You could stay with me for a while. We'll sort everything out. Maybe we could figure out if you can get Paul at Paulie's house if you want it. If not, get an apartment. You run it. This can be Paulie's bar, but you can be here and just take his place. Now, I didn't do that, obviously. And it was a really hard decision to, not, to, to pass on it. I, and I think it's the right decision because it left me to the road that I'm on now. So I can't look back and say, shoulda, woulda, coulda. And I'm going to talk about this, you know, later in another episode. But I do wonder sometimes if I had taken over that bar, what my life would be like. Not because I'm regretting anything, but because I just wonder. And I don't like to play that wonder what if game because I think it's a dangerous game. But I do think that at times you have to ask yourself that. You just can't go too deep in that game. Don't roll the dice too many times. And I wonder if I let Paulie down. I didn't, though. I firmly believe I did the, did the right thing. Because, number one, I'm here. But number two, that bar's no longer there. Big John sold it. The bar is there. It's not called Paulie's anymore. 
He sold it. Um, and Big John and his family moved to Florida. And they are still... Now, she's older now, obviously. They are still friends with Polly's girlfriend, who's never dated anybody since Polly died. And they go out and they take it. She's just... They incorporated her part... Uh, into the family. She's like an, a grandma to the to their kids. Cuz cuz Big John's grandma's died dead and I don't know about his wife's. So they take care of her now. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. I think it's very I think it's really nice and I think Paulie's very happy about it. But Paulie's one of those guys that I yeah. I know that if I would have gone that route, you know, my son might probably obviously not be here. I might have a different kid, but in my imagination land where we can just fictionally do what we want, I, I wish I wish I could have had my son and we could have met Paulie. You know, to get, like he could have seen Pauly. When I flew back to Michigan, I wish Pauly would have, I could have gone to Chicago and seen Pauly because, because that's somebody I wanted Luke to see, you know? I learned a lot from Pauly. I did a lot of shady things with Pauly, but I learned a lot from Pauly. He never judged and he never, he never judged me and my choices or, or my actions, he tried to teach me what he could. Um, but he was a guy, a man that had my back no matter what. Whatever I did, right, wrong, or indifferent, he had my back. And you don't find those people too often. You just don't. You just don't. They don't exist. But he had my back and I had his. And I'd have done anything for that guy. Anything. And you know what? Maybe I should have gone and taken over that bar. But that's just not what the life had for me. That's not it. It's not the right thing. I did, however, get both those baseball bats. And I have our pictures of Rudy Giuliani. And I have a menu from the bar. And I've got tons of stuff from the bar. And I went to the bar one more time when it was Paulie's place or Paulie's, <clears throat> to see everybody. I haven't talked to Big Mike in years. I don't know what happened. I talked to Big John a year ago when COVID first started and his family, we Zoomed. And uh, he said he lost track of Big Mike. Sal passed away shortly after um, they moved to Florida. And I don't know, I don't remember the girls' names. They didn't matter. <laughs> but uh, I always said that when I go to Florida with my son, I want to meet up with Big John. And I will. But I miss Paulie. I do. He was like the other side of my papa. You know, my papa was one way, Paulie was the other way. But I felt like they, they had so much similarities, probably because of their where they're from and, and their heritage. But they said so much of the same things that that's probably why I connected. Um, I have a lot more stories about that guy, but he was an amazing man. And I... Uh, Blessed to have him in my life and experience that in, in Chicago. In Little Italy, my, my hometown that I, my, it's like my home that I never lived in. <laughs> but 
is a guy in my life I'll never forget. So, been thinking about him lately. It's one of those things. So that's it. That's the story. That's the life of an average Joe. Chicago. Not, not all the Chicago time. Just a smidgen. Paulie will come up again when we start talking about uh, the promotion company I had in Chicago. Well, and the events we did in Chicago. So I'll tell you some more stuff about that. But thank you for listening to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Thank you to Oasis for uh, being my sponsor. I can't tell you how great that is. And to all of you for supporting me uh, through this whole project. Looking forward to our next live show, which is going to be fancy. Just moving on up. Watch out, Ryan Seacrest. I'm coming. (laughs) You guys have a great one. Thanks again. I'll be back with a better voice next time. I'm out.